Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We made this. Podcast 616, the We Made This Network's one and only Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host Craig and we are continuing our coverage of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now with the final bloody episode, it's already over. Only six episodes in and we're done. This one was called One World, One People and discussing it with me is my co-host Luke Winch. How are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? I am doing well. It's just flown by. It really has flown by, hasn't it? Yeah, haven't seen you since week one. I know. So <laughs> spent all that time away. It's a nice kind of full circle, though, because there's a lot of full circles in this episode. It's poetic. It is, yeah. A few callbacks and, mm. and other things. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, let's just let's get started. So if you were to give this a mark out of 10, what would it be? And what did you think? Hmm. Overall? Yeah. I believe last week I gave last week's episode 9 out of 10. I thought last week's was the strongest at that time. I think it's still the strongest episode for me. I love this episode, but I think I would probably give this one an 8 to 8.5. It was a really good episode. It tied off all the plot lines that we needed to have closed. We got some nice closure for Sam and Isaiah's narrative. That was really nicely ended and I think the last scene between him and Isaiah is actually quite a moving one and we can get to that at at that point I love the fact that Bucky got his time with Yori as fleeting as it was again we can chat about that later on yeah but I think everyone got their dues everyone got the payoff I like the stuff with John Walker there's a few issues with pacing there but I like that and also I like the fact that Sharon was actually revealed as a power broker I mean I don't think you had to really look too deeply to kind of have a feeling that she was in the first place but that was a nice reveal and with a nice credit scene as well to give us a little tease of what may come in future either films or tv series so yeah really good episode overall yeah, well, we'll get to the whole power broker situation because I definitely have thoughts on that. Mm. I agree that last week's episode was the strongest. Obviously, I wasn't on last week, but I really liked the whole domestic storyline that was going on where Bucky just got to be accepted by normal people and he was solving fairly mundane problems, how to fix a boat and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really great. I love those little intimate character stuff. And the episode delivered. I liked that they just took their time, just sat around and just got on with like the characters relate to each other. This one, I loved it. I thought it was a great episode. It's 8.5 was what I reviewed it out of. And it has a few of the issues that tend to come with MCU third act stuff. Yeah. In a similar way to WandaVision where we talked about, oh yeah, but we have to set up the next thing at the same time as closing off this current thing. So... There's a couple of things that don't feel quite finished that should maybe feel more finished, but we'll get to that. But I loved it. I thought it was great. So I think we should just dive straight in and get into the the nitty gritty of it. Mm, Yeah, let's go. So first roughly half of the episode is essentially an extended action sequence, as we expected. And it lets us see Sam in his new role as Captain America with his wings and his shield and his pretty cool looking Wakandan built armor i guess i suppose it's invincible he can't unless someone shoots him in the cheek then he won't get hurt i imagine because we know from black panther that they can put vibranium in just normal clothes yeah because it's just so versatile substance 
what I loved about the whole extended action sequence because it'd be easy to see, oh yeah, it's just people fighting, but it gave us a lot of character development through that fighting. We got to see Sam making the mantle of Captain America his own, combining the shield and the wings, the way he operated when fighting. You got Bucky getting recognised for his heroics. So you got these little character beats in amongst the action, which made it feel meaningful. And it kept moving as well. The location kept moving, the style of the action kept moving, so it never got boring for me. So watching half an episode, essentially, that was just a long action sequence was fine by me. That's what I'm saying, for those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I think the action sequence was, I mean, what was it, 20, 25 minutes, I think? Something like that. But as you said, it, it was paced very well. It never outstayed its welcome. It was very engaging. And as you said, you've got all these lovely, neat little character moments that are dotted in and out of the fighting and the chasing and stuff. Yeah, the suit. Last week when he opened the case and we had that kind of Pulp Fiction moment, minus the glow of whatever's <laughs> in the case. But I was thinking, is he going to be full-on Captain America? Are they going to lose the wings completely? I'm not sure how it worked in the comics, whether or not he had a hybrid Falcon Captain America suit there. He did, it, yeah. Oh, he did, yeah. So yeah, it worked really well, but I wasn't sure of whether it would just be a full-on Captain America suit or a new Falcon suit. So it was a nice surprise. I love the fact that it's come from Wakanda, you know, that kind of African culture is really poetic for the fact that Sam is a black man, so that sits really well with me as well. And I like the fact that the suit, it's quite a white suit, the white colour is quite prevalent on it, isn't it? Rather Mm -hmm. than the blues and the reds. I really like that, and there's a particular moment near the end where... There's that slow-mo shot of him coming down with Carly in his arms, and it's quite an angelic image. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's kind of accentuated by the whiteness of it. I found that contrast, particularly with Sam being a black man, I've just found that quite an interesting image to see on screen. It it was just a really interesting thought process behind that. Yeah, the suit is very comic accurate. It looks Mm. almost exactly like his costume does in the comics. So, yeah, and we've got Wakanda, as you guys said last week, I think, we've got Wakanda as essentially the Tony Stark of this universe now, where they're just giving people equipment, so invincible suits, I guess. Yeah, you have to wonder why just not every Avenger wears an Iron Man suit, but you can't ask yourself that question, otherwise you can't buy it at the universe. Yeah. It would make sense for everyone to just wear an Iron Man suit, because (laughs) it would afford you the most protection, but then you get away from the iconography. So, yeah, it's iconic for... Sam to have his wings because that's what he does and that's what he knows and that's what he uses but it was such a cool action sequence I love the check if anyone can fly a helicopter and then texting and count to five and whatever I thought that was really cool just really dynamic really exciting stuff the fact that everything was just reinforcing his own style as Captain America really worked for me it was just this is how I operate And I'm just so lucky that I have to deal with flying enemies. Otherwise, I might be a bit stuck. Yeah, it was good to see the full capacity of what the suit can do. We've got the new Red Wings and what they can do. It's interesting to see how those Red Wings and the suit kind of supplement the fact that he has not got super strength. He hasn't taken the serum. So that tech is there to boost what he lacks with that. And I think particularly when he stops the truck from falling down later on he's definitely an example of what he is capable of i'm excited now to see what he's going to be able to do in the films and how that tech going to complement his action style in between the action i really liked the phone conversation between carly and bucky that was a nice kind of Mm -hmm. partnering up with that conversation yeah so you had bucky further along on the same path that she's on except he didn't have a choice and she does that's the main distinction Mm. and he's warning her don't do this because you're going to regret this later on. But she's so radicalised. She's so committed to her cause. She doesn't value her own life. So she is, in a way, very pure because she completely believes in what she's doing and she's willing to make that ultimate sacrifice for what she's doing. And she is genuine about it, which I found quite interesting. Although I do still have issues with Carly and the Flag Smashers in general, which I'll definitely cover because I think it's a fault of the series where we haven't had enough coverage of them in general and this episode couldn't fix it because it's it's too late there's not enough time to give you everything you need in this one episode so they give you something and there's a little bit of depth there but yeah it's more around Bucky coming to understand what he's been through and how to get through it or how to avoid it or how to prevent other people from going through what he's gone through yeah I think with Carly as well I think you're right I think we haven't really had the opportunity to spend as much time with these people as we might 
like to have done and in which case we don't really get a deep personal view of what she believes in you know we get a kind of surface level idea of why she's fighting what she's fighting for the fact that she's been radicalized but i think if maybe we'd had another episode to kind of explore that a bit more i think more than the people i think it's the cause and the reason for the cause that i think is the overriding thing throughout these six episodes and it's the fact that it's this fight against authority and a fight against the fact that she believes that her and her people have been forgotten and pushed out of society altogether. And I think it's that ideal and that cause, I think, that emanates throughout the series rather than the people. And I think that's further exemplified at the end when you get that one world, one people with the police officer who's putting the thing. These people are everywhere. The cause is everywhere. You might get rid of the people, but you'll never get rid of the cause. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and that's part of what Sam says, which we'll get to. But in terms of... I keep saying that. Well, I hope we do get to everything yeah, that we should sure we will. get to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah, that's coming up later. Don't worry. I'll explain later. That was in the Doctor Who Curse of Fatal Death thing, wasn't it? I'll yeah. explain later. Yeah. That's all anybody ever said. Yeah. <laughs> sidetrack there but there it is so the thing about Carly and I do think yeah maybe an extra episode maybe a bit of a flashback to see what her life was like during the five years and then what it was like after the blip and so on just like in WandaVision where you get to see what Monica went through Mm. when she came back yeah get a bit of extra context to it but I think the Flag Smashers what they stand for has always been clear and what they're willing to do has always been clear and what Carly's willing to do is always been clear but there's never been any time to sort of interrogate it there's never been the focus on what do other people think what is the makeup of the organization is everybody this radicalized it's quite clear that they're not because carly says things and people are hesitant to follow her and i guess they follow her out of a bit of fear in a way but we never got that point where someone stood up to her and said should we be doing this this is wrong this isn't going to fix anything is there another approach we can take here? And the lack of that internal commentary on what they stand for lets them down because you're aware of what they stand for and you can kind of agree with what they stand for because of everything that's going on, but you just don't get that detail. And I feel like I needed the detail about that organisation and about Carly herself, and I didn't get it. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. There are some moments of hesitation by her followers, which I quite appreciated. Yeah, but that's all it is. It's just brief moments and then they follow her anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. We did need a bit of deeper context, particularly with her followers. Most of them are actors who don't even have a line. They just look at her. And there's the Australian guy with the long hair who has a bit of dialogue with her. But yeah, it's not enough to really sell their personal plight, really. Yeah. And then Sam fighting her when he was trying to reason with her was quite good. And even Bucky was taking a leaf out of Sam's book by trying to empathise with her. So it shows what he's learning from his proximity to Sam. And it really reinforces the fact that just throughout the series, Sam has been Captain America. Mm. He just hasn't realised it. He hasn't understood what he is and who he is. And I think that's great that he's finally owning it and realising what his values are. And that conversation with Isaiah last week, that helped him contextualise what he's fighting for. And how he's going to fight for it. That's what he needed, I think. He needed that push in that particular direction. So he tries to reason with Carly. And I really like how she's a martyr, but not in the way that you would expect. So her death doesn't necessarily galvanise her followers. Although it might do later on, we don't know. But Sam uses it as an example of corrupted innocence mm. through a broken system. It's look at what this system caused and look at the unnecessary death it caused. And that's sad. Yeah, It's really sad. You shouldn't let this happen. So... That was an interesting twist on that because we've always seen the leader of an organisation be murdered and then their followers just be fully committed to avenging them and going nuts. So it was a different twist on that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I've got nothing to add to that, what you just said, because you just said it so perfectly. Summed it up perfectly. Yes. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably as good a time as any to talk about this speech because 
I thought it was amazing. I was gripped by it. Yeah. And it's something that would make Steve Rogers proud. But I like that it was asking the difficult questions, really probing into the, the reasons for these. And things like, you can feed a million people with a phone call. You can cut down a rainforest with an email. It's like, this is the power you wield. And this is how you're using it to maintain the status quo. And this whole question about, but these people displaced by the blip, is it the responsibility of government to help them? Yes. Mm. Just one word, just yes. You could imagine Steve saying exactly the same things. And I think back to other things that could come across as cheesy. And I think that Anthony Mackie has that ability to deliver things that would be corny otherwise, that don't seem as corny when he delivers them. I think back to in the first Avengers film where Hawkeye, I think it is, says, how are we going to do this? And Steve's response is, as a team. Mm. And... You could see that being delivered by other people and you would react with, oh, God, <laughs> he's had to say that. But no, it works. And it's just that simple, yes, it is your responsibility. And here's this power that you have. Here's how you can wield it in a positive way because we have to build a better world. And his Captain America isn't affiliated with the US political system in any way. He is standing for himself and he's standing for that better world. And that's what his speech is all about. I loved it. Yeah, he has the same earnestness that Steve did. And that's why that speech is delivered so well. And as you said, it's not corny. And that question of how are you going to use power? It's an abstract question that the MCU answers on quite a regular basis anyway. It's also a question that Sam has asked himself all the way through this series about how he can use the power of being Captain America, the power of what the shield represents. Carly's asked the same question about what to do with the power. I mean, she wants to take down the power rather than use it because she thinks the power's too corrupt to use itself. You've got Sharon who wants to control that power. She wants to use that new criminal underworld that she has built over the past five years. So I think everyone's got this complicated relationship with power in this series. Even Zemo, to some extent, and Bucky, they've all been tackling that question of what power is, what it means to them, whether they want to have it or use it or bring it down. So I think that abstract question is very much the undercurrent of this TV series. So that speech that Sam does really leads into that. I like the fact that he also questions the senators about their ignorance. And I think it's something that a lot of people, especially in this country at the minute, where we have a government that a lot of people, including me, think they are so out of touch with what's going on street level, what's going on with the working class people, because the people who are making those decisions have never been in that position. They've never lived in that lower level of society. So they are blind and ignorant to what the needs of the people actually are. And he questions that here, Sam. And the fact that he does it publicly on TV. (laughs) We got that Independence Day moment where we're looking at different households and different TV (laughs) sets. But it works. It's a great way. And it's, it's this black man wearing the white and stripes publicly standing up against the white power structures of America. And it's a very, very powerful moment. He does something that Steve never did as well. Steve never spoke to the people yeah. in that way that we ever saw. Not in the modern day anyway. He didn't ever just get up in front of people and say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. He had his big speeches in all of the Avengers movies and in... Winter Soldier as well, when he tried to inspire who was still loyal to S.H.I.E.L.D., who still wasn't affiliated with HYDRA, but he never did that. He never got in front of the cameras and said, I am Steve Rogers, here's what I stand for, and here's how we can make something better. So Sam's got one up on him in that respect, and he's done that. The questioning of the ignorance, I picked up on that as well. I thought it was really interesting because it was... You have just experienced helplessness and you needed someone more powerful than you are to come and help you out of it. Mm. That's what everybody in the world feels like right now. Or not everybody, but a lot of people in the world feels like right now. So now that you felt like that, what do you think of this? And when you're in the room making these decisions, are you thinking about the people outside the room? And it's that question. And there's no easy answer to it. Even when the senator asks them, these people that came back from the blip... Is it right that they're displaced from their homes because someone else has bought their house in the meantime? And Sam can't answer the question, but he's not there to answer the question. He's there to encourage them to work on the problem, which is the difference. It's we all need to work together to solve this problem. We can't make assumptions on what the solution is. We can't assume what people want. We can't tell people what the best way forward is. We need to figure it out. This is a new world and we need to build it together. So it's good that he doesn't pretend to have all the answers. He's actually very open about the fact he doesn't have them. But they all have an opportunity to figure out those answers together. And that's 
the point, really. Yeah, and that moment where he says to the senator, you need to stop calling them terrorists. He talks about labels that people are given as an excuse as not to deal with them and not to deal with what they believe in and their causes and, and why they're doing stuff. Terrorist, refugee, thug. These names is a way of putting a person in a box and saying they're bad people and lock them away and forget about it. And they're not looking at the underlying situation and the reason and the why about yeah. why these people are doing what they're doing. And again, that kind of ties in with the ignorance. But it's something that I think is quite rife in American and British politics is that, and the media actually, to a certain extent, there is a labelling of people so that the questions of why are they angry? Why are they fighting against the system? What country or ideology or religion has put these people down? What mandate by a government has trampled on these people's human rights and the way they live? And Again, I think it's really, really brave for a Marvel show to tackle these questions. And they're very relevant and contemporary questions. So, yeah, it's about the people in power. They need to try and understand what these people have gone through. And the only reason they can do that is to feel as helpless as these people have done. Yeah, which has happened. And then it leaves it an open question over whether things will actually improve. They might not. But it doesn't mean that Sam's ever going to stop fighting for it. And he has that whole bit about, look, I'm aware that I'm a black man wearing the suit mm. and I can feel the hatred and the judgment on me. That's actually something I wish the episode had done was shown a bit of that because the only public reaction we see is, woo, it's Captain America. Look at this, this new Captain America. We love this guy. They could have shown a bit of resistance somewhere. Some guy just, I don't know, off to the side who's, yeah, he's not so great or he's no Spider-Man or he's no Tony Stark or whatever. You know, someone say that. It's weird that Sam brings that up, but you don't see it. Yeah, I thought that as well, because he says, you know, I feel their eyes, I feel the judgment. It would have been good to maybe have a bit of discourse in the crowd, some comment, or just a shot of people looking as though they're not comfortable with a black yeah. man wearing stripes. But yeah, that would have been nice to kind of have that in. It's a bit weird because the John Walker situation had the same problem. You never really saw what the public's reaction to it was, despite the fact that they made sure to focus on the fact that everybody was filming it on their phones. You would think you would get some kind of commentary from someone in the public i don't know how you would have done that because mm. the focus has always been on the characters that the show is about which is fine but if you're making these points then you should get to see it to some degree i mean racism has been a big part of the show anyway for yeah. quite a, i say quite a while it's only been on six weeks throughout the run of the show racism has been a big part of it so when sam says that you're like yeah that tracks that's fair enough yeah people probably aren't happy with this revelation here happy enough with captain america's black sidekick but captain america being black nah, nah not great there is that moment though which i did enjoy where it's just after he's saved the truck from tipping over at the building site and you get that shot of the three black men and the guy goes yeah that's a black falcon and the guy goes no that's captain america and i like yeah. that moment because it's kind of in contradiction to what isaiah said in last week's episode where he said no self-respecting black man would call themselves captain america so that's a nice evolution of thinking it's a black man accepting the fact that a black man can be captain america so i appreciated that moment and it's also a very valid point that's raised by Isaiah anyway because of his experience this is how he views history yeah. this is how he views his personal history and I think particularly white produced television and white produced media and this is rich coming from us two white guys mm. <laughs> but it's very common for the other races to be very monolithic in the way they think so every Jewish person will think this in a show every black person will think this in a show but it's great to see that Sam has a different interpretation of the events and the history and all that stuff than Isaiah does, because he has his own view of it. He understands and acknowledges it, but he has a different view of it. That whole thing about, we helped build this country, I fought for it, and I'm not going to stop defending it. And that's what I've chosen to stand for. Again, standing for that better world, where Isaiah is almost resigned to the fact that the world is beyond saving. And that's two black men from similar-ish backgrounds that have a very different perspective on the world that they live in yeah i mean even sam says i think i said it last week actually where he says if he was in isaiah's shoes he would think exactly like isaiah is thinking so it's really nice then that we get a kind of change in philosophy from isaiah i think seeing sam on tv as captain america and the words he says shifts his viewpoint to a certain extent but to an extent where when he sees the memorial 
that Sam shows him, he was very resigned to the fact that he wanted his name forgotten, that he wanted to remain dead. And the fact now that he's got this memorial and Sam says, you will always be remembered for what you fought for. It was interesting that Isaiah had a very positive reaction to that. Whereas a few episodes ago, he was very resigned to the fact that he didn't want any recognition because why should he be remembered for anything? And there's no one doing decades of bitterness in just one or two conversations. That's not realistic. But the fact that he has, as you say, his perception shifted just a little Mm. and Sam has given him a little bit of hope and he's got that historical recognition. He's in the Smithsonian now. His deeds are recognised as part of history And it's whether anybody pays attention to them or not is almost besides the point. But the fact is Isaiah is now part of history where he wasn't before and hasn't been erased. So it doesn't solve the problem. It begins to right a wrong. Yeah. Again, it's that we're not going to solve these problems overnight. We can take steps together to get them solved. That's the message. That's why there's a lack of, I guess, plot really resolution in this show because... They are dealing with problems that you can't fix overnight. Captain America can't swoop down and give one impassioned speech and change the world entirely. But it's that we've got work to do and we're going to start doing it now. Whereas the focus was more on resolving the character arcs. So we got Sam to be Captain America, which was his character arc. We got Bucky to stop dwelling on his past, which was his character arc yeah. and so on. But the actual ongoing arc is, you know, we're not fixing the world in one night. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's weirdly prevalent to the court case that's just recently happened in America where the, I'm going to have to forget his name now, but the white policeman who killed George Floyd has been convicted. And there was a lot of people on Twitter from the black community going, this is one little victory, but this is in no way changing anything, but this is a step forward. And I think in that regard, it's very, very similar to what you've just been saying in the context of this show. It's amazing how timely they were considering a lot of it was filmed in sort of late 2019 (laughs) early 2020 yeah very very timely (laughs) but these issues are not new they're just repackaged in certain ways and circumstances have allowed them to come to the forefront in ways that we didn't think they would necessarily or people couldn't predict they would but they ended up being especially relevant on this show because of things that have been going on and i think the way they tackled it was great and I think the way this finale positioned things, so it's the world's a little brighter because of what we did today, but there's still a lot to do. That's definitely the sentiment that the show ends with, and I appreciate the fact that there's a little bit of hope and there's also a little bit of darkness still kind of creeping in the background. Yeah. And on a personal note, when it comes to superhero stories, this is what I absolutely live for. I live for the virtuous heroes giving us something to aspire to, something to look up to, and that's what Sam does. So... Seeing a superhero, well, he doesn't have superpowers, but he has tech. He's a tech-based superhero. But seeing a superhero go on television and tell the world what he stands for and why he thinks they should be better, that's absolutely what I live for when it comes to these types of stories. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you have to remember that the younger children and the teenagers who are very, very impressionable, who are watching Marvel, they love Marvel for the superhero costumes and the action and excitement. But those underlying themes... They might not register consciously, but I think subconsciously they're there, you know, particularly for the younger children. Yeah. But it's really brave and it's it's a very moral thing to do, I think, to try and put in these real world issues that really affect certain people's society and culture and bringing them. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Into the show in a very clever and very thematic way. 
Yeah, definitely. I did love that. And John, being in the episode, I really like how they're resisting, leaning into him, being a villain, even though it would be so easy to do so. He's made mistakes. He's flawed in the sense that he believes in his own privilege. He's arrogant. He thinks he's entitled to the role of Captain America. But he turns up here looking for revenge, which is one of the purest motivations you can ever think of. He's fighting against Carly and her followers because he wants to avenge Lamar. That's his friend. Mm. I like it when Carly said, I didn't want to hurt people that don't matter. And he's like, you mean Lamar's life didn't matter? (laughs) Shouldn't have said that. You really pissed him off now. And then when he was working with Bucky and Sam... And even had a bit of banter with Bucky with a Lincoln quote. It's great man, great quote. Not when you say it. That little joke. And then when he had the choice to pursue Carly or save the people in the armoured car, he chose the people in the armoured car. So again, he does have this foundational morality that he stands for. He wants to protect people. He's flawed and doesn't go about things the right way, makes mistakes, goes a bit too far. But he's not a bad person. And I think that's what makes him so interesting. I appreciated the turnaround, but I don't know, for me, I think that switch was maybe a little too quick, a little too convenient, maybe a little rushed. I mean, they have to pack in so much in this last episode anyway, but that kind of going from that blind rage, that need for revenge against his friend and partner who was killed, and then a little shake of the head, and he's kind of like, oh no, I have to save people instead. It just seemed a little bit rushed to me and a bit quick to that kind of morality turnaround. But I appreciate the fact that they wanted him to remain ambiguous and to actually have that shred of decency still in him because in his heart and soul, he is a soldier. He was trained and hired by the government to save people and to fight for the country. So that's still there. But as you said, he's still flawed. He's still a bit confused as well as to where he wants to be. And the Valerie Contessa is obviously leading him down a path that he doesn't know yet so it's Mm going to be interesting to see where that goes in future films or tv series but that was my only gripe i just thought for me it was a little too sudden a little too quick that morality turnaround maybe but there was that moment of hesitation when he looked at the people he could have pursued and then he looked at the armored car so he had that moment of what do i choose here Mm. and then ultimately he chose to help the people so that's him falling back on his training that's him falling back on his instincts so for all his flaws he is still a decent person and not beyond redemption, I guess. And you had that thing last week where Valerie said, they're not bothered that you killed this person. They were bothered that you were caught doing it. And that's the distinction. The only reason he lost everything is because he did it so publicly. Because people get off with worse. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I appreciate the journey that John Walker takes here. What do you think, because I didn't get a chance to talk to you last week, but what do you think to Valerie Contessa? as a live action person and the actress's way she acts her. Because for me, I find her a little bit irritating. (laughs) Her whole kind of quippiness. I don't know. It doesn't work for me, but I just wonder what you thought of her. I don't really think much of her. I mean, she's only had what, two scenes. Yeah. So there's not a lot to really go on. I know from the comics that she's a version of Madame Hydra and all that stuff. I don't know if they'll go with that here. It seems like she's affiliated with the government in some way, but there'll be some kind of, government-sanctioned Avengers team, maybe. I don't know what they'll call them. The Thunderbolts or something. In the comics, they have the Thunderbolts, which is essentially Dark Avengers or whatever. They might do that later on. It seems like they're setting that up a bit because you've got Zemo off in the raft, you've got John. there's probably other people. Maybe they'll hoover up different people from all these Disney Plus shows and (laughs) put them on this team and then they'll have a Defender-style Disney Plus show where everyone teams up to fight this band of villains, I don't know. But Zemo's not really a villain anymore. He's just kind of convenient. And I like the hint, more than a strong hint, that he killed all the rest of the Flag Smashers that were taken to the raft. Because Valerie says, oh, it's almost like I planned it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I did. They're putting them in the same place Zemo is, and we know how much he hates them. And we know what he does to super soldiers. Yeah, because the old guy, isn't that his old butler? Yeah. He pulls the trigger in the truck, his version of Alfred, basically, but much, much more ancient. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice way to quickly close off Zemo's role in this TV series because he, he kept saying, I have work to finish. And he wanted to get rid of all the Flag Smasher people. So getting rid of those four left in the truck is a nice closure for him. And he seems quite happy in his cell, he smiles slightly as he lays back on the bed knowing that his work's done. 
And then they'll find something else to do with them later on, I guess, whether it be the Thunderbolts or something else. And that's the thing. We've still got a lot on the board for future stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back for Thunderbolts because I think the guys last week were talking about the Thunderbolts because I knew nothing about it. So they gave me a crash course in Thunderbolts and Zemo seems to be quite a heavy component of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do come back with Zemo. And I love the character Zemo. I think he's been great throughout this series and it's given him a little bit more depth and brought a good fun feeling to his character as well yeah john will need a new shield though i love that he spent all this time making the shield and it was done in five minutes it was just gone in five minutes yeah it was only scrap metal though it wasn't exactly yeah. vibranium was it it was this piece <laughs> of scrap metal that he's got together and a couple of punches from the flag smash and he's done <laughs> so yeah and i like that image of it falling off the roof or whatever the armored car was on yeah to give you that indication of, oh, he's there. It's that quick image of the dented shield. And it's almost like he chose that over his self-imposed mission as well. That's that kind of imagery that connects to that. So it was a nice little touch, actually. Yeah, and I also like the fact that uh, when Carly throws whatever she throws at Walker, it's Bucky that catches it and saves his life. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a nice little touch as well. I mean, it is nice. I like that kind of mini partnership they have. You were talking about earlier on. And they kind of team up for a brief moment and lure the guys with the app. Nice app you've got here. That, yeah. that was a nice moment as well. <laughs> so I was wrong. Bucky can use social media. He can, yeah. He's not tech-averted. He's not as inept as I am. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think the end of Bucky's journey made sense, as in this whole do the work that Sam said last week. Yeah. Cross the names off your list, but do it differently. Give them closure, not yourself. And you see it when he confesses to Yori what he's done and then he just leaves him and I felt like that was slightly rushed although the intent was clear I felt like it was rushed as well and I was a bit confused by why he would just leave Yori to it after that because that's all the conversation is he just says the winter soldier killed your son that was me and it's the was it's the past tense it's I'm no longer that I know that now but also that's all the conversation is you don't get any more of that but it's not clear if Yori can't forgive him for it it's just Bucky doesn't stick around to find out, really. Yeah, I agree totally with you. I've got in my notes that I thought it was a very kind of hand-wavy montage way of doing the scene, very quick. And I would like to have sat with them a bit longer for Yori to process it and maybe a little bit more of a chat between those two. It was done very perfunctory and I think it deserved a little bit more. I think it deserved for us to kind of stay with the characters for five minutes or so and just kind of walking away and then looking through into the restaurant cafe where that girl works. I can't remember her name because she was only in it for 10 minutes. But yeah, I would have liked to have stayed with those guys for just a little bit longer. I thought that was done very quickly. Yeah. And then it's the, oh, he's done it all already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Do the work. Yeah. Well, there's not much work involved. Is <laughs> It's just yeah. this, this done it. Because it gives Dr. Rayner the book. Mm-hmm. Just saying, I finished the book. I'm done. I don't need you anymore. I'm moving on to the next thing. And that's a really good ending for him because it's that thing he was so hung up on for so long and now he's rid of it because he understood what he actually needed to do in order to make it better for other people rather than himself. And then once he achieved that, he's on the road to being healed. I'm not going to say he is healed because it's an ongoing process that he will never complete really. But it's that I don't need to cling to this list anymore. It actually mirrors Arrow in a way, because in the first season of Arrow, Oliver Queen was crossing names off a list. And then in the season two, he decided, no, nah, I need to do something else. I need to do something better. This isn't healthy for me. So it's a similar sort of thing. So Bucky needs to find a new mission. That's what he's up for next. What's my next mission? Maybe he doesn't have one. Maybe he just lives. Yeah, I like that thing with the book. And I think the fact that Bucky is moving on, I think he's let go not only of the book, not only of his past persona but i think he's also let go of the fact that the shield now means something else the shield is now sam's it represents something that it didn't when steve had it he's let go of the fact that the steve is shield because that's what he was hung up on for quite a long time and he was pissed off with sam because sam wasn't taking up steve's shield and now he realizes what the shield can represent as sam's holding it he can now move on with his life and move on to a different place in his mind and in his heart and probably geographically because I imagine that he's not going to live in that neighbourhood anymore and and move on somewhere. Yeah, well, you see him with Sam's family and neighbours at the end of the episode, so that's where he found some semblance of belonging and he's going to probably not live there, but certainly just enjoy being around people that accept him because he seems quite content at the end 
you don't see much, but there's contentment there. And that's rare to see in them. Yeah, that was a really nice scene, that last one, the quick montage. There were some really nice moments. All the girls went in their photograph with the new Captain America, the new black Captain America. <laughs> that was great. It was a nice thematic way of saying that this community of people will welcome anyone in regardless of color or religion or your views this is a welcoming community and they will accept everyone in there and love them for who they are whereas on the flip side this idea that black history is being erased and is not accepted i think now we are seeing sam as captain america basically saying black history needs to remain seen it needs to be remembered and the legacy needs to be fought for and it's a it's a really nice optimistic hopeful ending that the show ends on it's, it's a really nice sentiment yeah, and I liked seeing Bucky recognised for doing heroics by people that he saved. Mm. Because normally you see him just doing stuff in the background or someone else getting the recognition while he's kicking about, that kind of thing. But it was in this situation, he got the people out of the armoured car and they thanked him. And that's, again, something very rare for Bucky. Yeah, he kind of stops from him, doesn't he? He's not quite believing what he's heard, that he's actually had people look at him in the eye and go, thank you, you've just saved our lives, you're a hero. And it's a nice moment for him, I think. And it's the guy at the start that goes, Sergeant Barnes, as he walks yes. past. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that he's still known as Sergeant Barnes, though, because <laughs> he's still a soldier. He might be a hundred years out of his time, but he's still Sergeant Barnes. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Just a nice little touch. It's, yeah. No, no, you have an identity. People recognise you. People know you. Yeah. You can fit in. That's ultimately it. He's trying to find a place in the world, and he does have one if he chooses to embrace it. Mm. So that's a nice thought for him as well. I think in general the show has been more weighted towards Sam than it has Bucky. Yeah. Bucky has felt a more backgroundish player. Not that he hasn't had his meaningful content, but this episode especially, it's okay, here's a couple of minutes to wrap up Bucky's story mm. while we're at it. Which, yeah, fine. Let's not focus on the white guy for a change. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's fine by me. But it's noticeable that he is second string. And his name is second on the letterhead, to be fair. Yeah. So you would expect it to be secondary, but it's just noticeable that there is that imbalance in the development of those two characters. Yeah, I think Sam, by the very nature of the story of the series, his storyline is much more impactful, much more thematic in a wider, more abstract sense than Bucky's is. But Mark made a very good comment last week when he says both of these men need each other to tell each other that they are good people because they don't necessarily believe it themselves. So even though the story's centred on Sam so much, they both need each other to confirm to each other that they are men on the right track and they both represent the good in people. And that is a very good point. They do complement each other in a way and they've come to accept that. And throughout the show, I'm glad they didn't lean into the bickering buddy cop dynamic. Mm. I'm glad that they leaned into the supportive partner dynamic rather than that. Not that we don't have the levity between them, but there is very much this... We're supporting each other, even though we're kind of pretending that we're not. But they don't jab at each other as much as I thought they would have. And actually, I think I got a lot more out of the show than I was expecting, because I was expecting just a fun romp where they were travelling about fighting people and bickering as they did it. But no, this isn't what we got. We got something far more intense and meaningful. Yeah, I think we talked about it in the primer, where after watching the trailer, I thought, okay, we're going to get a good... Six episodes of action, some comedy, some buddy cop stuff. But yeah, you're right. There was a lot more social commentary and a lot more deeper themes and very contemporary and very meaningful themes that I never thought I'd get from this show. It's been a really delightful surprise. It really has. For sure, yeah. So, Sharon Carter. Ah, I guess that's yes. almost the final thing to talk mm -hmm. about. The reveal that she's a power broker, not surprising. No. And it doesn't get treated as a big shock reveal either. It's just... Oh, so you're the power broker. Cool. Let's go. Whatever. You should work for me. Um, and yeah, that's us. But <laughs> the thing that doesn't work about it is it doesn't mean anything, really. And it's not clear what her plan is or what her motivation is, other than she really hates the US government for, I guess, abandoning her. Is that why she did all this? Is it some kind of bizarre abandonment issue caused her to become a master international criminal, which... Bit of an overreaction, Sharon, yeah. not going to lie. Just cool it a little bit, maybe. There's other ways to cope with these things. Considering how often the power broker was mentioned, how important the power broker is, well, now she is, to this global situation that's going on, how significantly built in the background it was, the fact that we don't really get any payoff for it other than find out who the power broker is in the context of the show is limiting. Because... 
with all the mention of it, it should have really been more of a fixture rather than just being a mention in the background. So I think it's just the reveal drops and then doesn't mean anything. And it's just this continuity-driven thing where, we'll pick this up later, don't worry about it. And, oh, look, now she has access to government secrets. That's going to make her even more dangerous. But what's she up to? We don't know. We don't know what she wants out of this. And that makes it a bit less than interesting for me. Yeah, get where you're coming from. It is a bit of seed planting rather than any kind of substantial plot line. I think Sharon mentions in episode three, the stars and stripes mean nothing to her anymore. So the country that turned their back on her, she's now turned her back on them. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Also, heroes. She doesn't believe in heroes at all either. Yeah, I think that combined with the fact her own country hurt her in a very bad way has caused this change of philosophy with her. And it might be a little bit of an overstep. Like you said, she's bitter, but by God, she's bitter. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you that it is a bit... Yay, I'm the power broker and that's it. I'm just going to shoot Carly to get her out of the picture. So that's her death sealed. And also it's interesting that she does that because Carly's the only one who knows who she is. Except Batroc. Well, yeah, Batroc as well. But did she shoot Carly to save Sam or did she shoot Carly as self-preservation for her identity? So that's a nice little question to answer in your head as well. There's also the mix in her motivation as well because she wanted rid of super soldiers. Mm. But she also wants a lot of super soldiers. Was she just lying to Sam and so on at that point? If so, why was she even helping them in the first place? I suppose it might have been to get that pardon to then get access to all the government secrets. But even that whole her being pardoned thing is a bit of an indication of the senator's predisposition to return to the status quo. Yeah. You're pardoned. Do you want your old job back? (laughs) Yeah. Like it never happened. You're not fixing the problem here. You're not making it better. You're just forgetting about it. You're just hand waving it away and putting her back in her old job and hoping she'll be fine with that. And you're going to get punished for that because she's going to do something that's going to cripple you in some way, that's going to negatively impact you in some way. Yeah, it's the old politician thing, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to change, we're going to do things different, and then they kind of slide back into their own ways because that's what they're comfortable with, and that's how they stay in control, is to keep everything status quo and carry on as normal. Yeah, so you could have probably got away without even mentioning the power broker in the show, to be honest, for all the impact it had. Mm. And then you could have done something with the Sharon reveal at the end, maybe... Or, I don't know. I don't think they should have been seeding the power broker so heavily and then not really deliver on it. I think that's a weakness than the overall storytelling. You could even have these questions of, who's supporting the Flag Smashers? How are they getting their stuff? How did they get the serum? All that stuff. You answer that to a degree with, well, they just have supporters everywhere. People are willing to support them. That's fine. And I guess powerful people are willing to support them, but shouldn't really be seeding this power broker thing without actually delivering on it and it just it feels tacked on i find yeah i think i agree to a certain extent they've obviously got a plan for sharon carter they've obviously got a plan certainly for yeah. the power broker but because we haven't got any context to that it does seem as though they've just kind of slid it in here it's like they do when they hire a new indie director to do a marvel film they go okay You can do what you want, but you have to put this in it, this in it, and this in it. So I kind of feel that that's the way they've done it here. Have a great story for Sam and Bucky. You can do a lot what you like, but make sure you put Power Broker in here, here, and here, and here. There were some really just pointless scenes of her on the phone. Two-minute scenes of her on the phone, and that's all you saw of her in an episode. And I think those two minutes could have been wisely used to maybe have a bit more time with the Flag Smashers or have a bit more Bucky and Sam. Am I bothered about what Sharon does next? At this point, not really. Mm. You haven't given me a reason to really care about what she does next. I like Sharon. I think she's a interesting character, particularly in this show, because she didn't really have anything in the films as such. And she's very different in her two appearances in the films anyway. So here she gets a bit more and then you get this, yeah, she's kind of unpleasant. She's kind of nihilistic. She's also very duplicitous, as we see. Not living up to her aunt's 
example at all. Yeah, we're led to believe that her five years in Manjapur has changed her. She's basically taken on all the attributes and personalities of the criminal underworld of Manjapur. It kind of works, but it's a little bit of a stretch as well, I think, at times. Yeah, definitely. What did you think of the title card that said Captain America and the Winter Soldier at the end? Yeah. I thought that was brilliantly satisfying. Yeah, very satisfying. I still wished that Bucky would take on the name The White Wolf because he kind of wants to leave the Winter Soldier behind. So I would have liked the idea of changing his name to put that bit of his history behind him. But there you go. But maybe that's what they're saying with that title card, is that he can't do that yet. He hasn't done that yet. Yeah, possibly, and he yeah. still needs to find a way to do that. So it's, yeah, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So next up, we're going to fix the Winter Soldier problem. <laughs> we're going to put that behind it. I'd be surprised if this doesn't get a season two. There's no reason it can't. One Division can't, at least not in the same way, in the same style. Whereas this easily can. And it could be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So it'll be Captain America and the Winter Soldier Season 1, I guess, rather than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Season 2. But they could do it. And I'm surprised if they're not. And I know it's been considered. I'm sure that was reported recently. Yeah, I think they could. And I think the whole Power Broker storyline would probably fit in a TV series rather than putting that in a film. I think it would just be a bit underwhelming in a film. So, yeah, I think if they were to continue that line of the Power Broker and what she's up to, I think it would work better within a TV environment rather than a big Marvel film. Yeah, I hope it does get a season two because I I really want to see these characters again. And I want to see how they progress and I want to see what they can do next. And I want to see the complications that Sam's going to find being Captain America, because mm. there will be plenty. There'll be a lot of non-acceptance and people not trusting him and people thinking he's maybe a bit too self-righteous. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I think the struggle of the majority of senators and the government in America is white. So the fact that they've got the symbol of America, Captain America, the symbol of America is a black man, I don't think would sit well with them. So it will be interesting to explore that in a second season. A symbol that they don't have any control over as well. Yeah. He's a public symbol, but they don't own him. They can't use him. And then they can't appoint their own Captain America because there already is one. And it'll be the people's favourite, I guess. The people's champion Mm. will be what it is so the best you can hope for is a u.s agent now yeah as we've now got the people versus the government (laughs) yeah it's all good it's plenty of interesting stuff i think we're about ready to wrap up i can't think of anything i haven't covered i think we've covered every aspect of today's episode quite a short well not quite a short shorter than last week surprisingly yeah about 10 minutes shorter yeah yeah, I noticed that when I started, and I was like, oh, it's 50 minutes, which means it's really like 42 minutes because there's so many credits. Mm, yeah. Still getting all those complaints about, I can't believe there's so many <laughs> credits on these TV shows. Yeah. Why are you complaining about this? <laughs> you watch it on a streaming yeah. channel, you don't have to watch it. It comes up with next episode in 20 seconds, so you can just click it and be done with it. You don't have to keep complaining about yeah. it. Or, or fast forward to see if there's a post credit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever, yeah. Cool, well, that's it. That's the coverage of Falcon and Winter Soldier absolutely completed because it's all done now there's no more so we've got a couple of film chats coming up we're going to be doing all the captain america movies well there's a hiatus between this and loki loki will be presented by tony and mark i believe yes and i'll be guesting at some point don't know when but that'll be happening in june so that's cool so that's exciting bit of a break no more Friday reviews for me for a while. I'm all right with that, actually. I get to just not write on a Friday. I'm all right with that as well at the minute, to be honest. <laughs> the way my yeah. podcast schedule is at the minute, I'm like, okay, that's a natural pre for a little bit. Yeah, just no more hosting for a while <laughs> on this one. Nice one. Fun time. So why don't you just tell the listeners where else they can find you? You can find me on a few We Made This Podcast Network podcasts. I host a fringe podcast called observing the pattern we are currently in season three of that episode four will be out on sunday i'm talking to zach moore we've also got an exclusive interview with michael cerevis who plays the observer oh nice yeah that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks so observing the pattern you can also find me co-hosting with kurt north on make it so which is a star trek picard podcast that is currently on hiatus as we wait for season two there was a star trek roundtable though that you can listen to i was not there because my computer blew up basically so i couldn't participate (laughs) but it's a great great chat and it's all about all the new teaser trailers for the new series so i would listen to that and also i co-host another star trek podcast with you craig with me rarely going which is about lower decks and we're getting season two in august i believe so yeah we'll be back for that 
there'll be lower decks and Prodigy. I think we're just going to combine all the animated stuff into that umbrella. That makes sense. I guess it does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we were consulted, though. It's just, oh, you'll be doing this extra work, by the way. Ah, uh, you mm-hmm. see, that's what you get when you're part of a democracy. You don't get a word in. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> What's it they say? If voting mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's a really nihilistic pretend, a really hopeful finale. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Yeah. So I can be found in the places that were mentioned. I'll be taking a break from Podcast 616 for a while, although I'll be on the Winter Soldier episode, as in the Captain America, the Winter Soldier episode, when that happens. That's already been recorded in the past, but will be released in the future, as happens. And as I said, I'll be guesting on Loki at some point on one of the episodes, whichever one. Hopefully the best one. I got quite lucky on... Make it so when I appeared and I got the Riker episode. So that was the oh, coveted good one. one. Yeah, so my uh, track record is quite significantly good on that, I suppose. So you might get a Geordie so, LaForge yeah. episode this time. Maybe. Maybe I'll get the Wharf episode. That'd be nice. Yeah. What, Wharf yeah, doing an advertisement? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That. Wharf in his mobile game. But that's a <laughs> completely separate thing. <laughs> Outside of there, I can be found over on Neil Before Blog. That's on Facebook and Twitter. Type it in, you'll find it. Or neilbeforeblog.co.uk. I have finished reviewing Falcon Winter Soldier now. Reviewing all the DC shows. So that's Batwoman, The Flash, Superman and Lois, which is currently on hiatus. Supergirl, which is currently on its final season. Black Lightning, which has only got a few episodes left. So I'm reviewing all them. And there's podcasts over there as well. Recently released our First Contact Day special, which was talking about Star Trek Insurrection and we query whether Riker enjoys inverted controls or not while he's gaming because there's a joystick in there. <laughs> We've got our Alien Day podcast coming up on the 26th. 26th of April is Alien Day LV426 and there's other stuff on there so check me out there. Personally I can be found on Twitter under Nemesis4909 which as I always have to say was not a Star Trek reference when I started it. It started off as a Resident Evil reference because... I love Resident Evil. And then it became a Star Trek reference as well when Nemesis came out. So I like it when things come together that I enjoy. So there we go. So that's where you can find me. So yeah, Podcast 616 will continue. You can catch us next time when we start our coverage of the Captain America movies with various people talking about them. But until then, just always remember, if they're shooting at you, they're probably the bad guys. Elsewhere on We Made This. giddy carousel of pop we find ourselves in the hammersmith odeon with dave rimmer he's he's backstage uh, deep in the murky bowels of the odeon all is not well writes dave somebody has got the gap band's trousers mixed up in their dressing room <laughs> charlie one of the three wilson brothers who are the nucleus of the gaps holds up a silvery sequin pair of strides that no sane human being would be seen dead in these aren't my shingles he exclaims disgustedly these are robert's he throws them down. It's the fact that they, they call them the missing Baco foil kecks. That's what really made me laugh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And spangly combat gear, so there's a kind of... Yeah, the fashion correspondent is working overtime. We buy records. We're now officially in the sunlit uplands of post-Brexit sovereign Britain, so we thought it might be fun to sort of take a tour around those sunlit uplands of uh, post-Brexit sovereign Britain and see how that relates to buying and selling records. Because it's going to be good, right? They had what? They had four four years, four years to sort of figure it out. Let's let's stay positive and hope that all of the emails we've had on the subject are positive, shall we? We dig music. The Instrumentals album... They almost do work as meditations. Um, it's more music that I can add to my sad yoga core genre. Oh, I tell you what, right? I messaged Colin about this earlier because this is the first time I got to the instrumentals. But considering you hate noodly nonsense, this is noodly f***ing nonsense. Like, oh, it, how it long is, is that first nonsense. track? The thing is, they were improvised tracks. You can tell. That- yeah. Like not not in a I'm not saying that in a negative way because she's a fantastic player. Mm. But if you were to look up self-indulgent in a dictionary, this would be one of the pictures. 
<laughs> yeah, we've both picked up on this. You are never, ever, ever, ever allowed to complain about something being noodly again. Okay, nope. I promise. Because this is the definition of it. And it, it's great. We like noodly stuff. Yeah. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Podcast 616. We're back from a long hiatus and we're ready to talk about some Marvel TV on Disney+. Loki has just started and we're here to talk about that. We're going to cover the whole season. Can't wait. Owen Wilson's in it. Loki's in it. Black Widow might be in it. I don't know. We haven't seen that far yet. But yeah, we're doing this. No, you're not. So the first episode is called... No, you're not, Craig. Craig, Craig, you're not doing this one. You can't do every Podcast 6161. Go away, go home. I don't have to do Loki? No, you're not doing Loki. Oh, good. I'll take a break then. That's fine. I'll take a break. I think you should take a break, definitely. I think I should take a break. I think I should have a lie down. Mm-hmm.